everything stems from strategy and everything stems from how you want your clients to feel and how you want your brand to be described. You're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. I am so excited to have Carly on the podcast today. Carly and I, I feel like we're kind of two sides of the same coin. I'm in the photography space. She is in the graphic design space, but she also has a background in photography and used to have a photography business. She has since really niched down into um, brand design. She designed my website, which seems like a cute little photography website. No, my website is a beast. Like there are so many pages. There are so many hidden pages. There are sales pages. There are funnels there. Like it is ridiculous. Like I need to probably just delete some, but Carly handled it like an absolute trooper. And ever since we worked together, then she has designed me like social media templates to use. She has helped immensely with the podcast, um, with rebrand, with the confident creative, which are other like pieces of my business, coaching pieces of my business. We talk a little bit about it on the podcast, but the only thing she really hasn't touched yet is white space, which is my photography studio. And my dream is to have her help with white space because that has been a Maddie Pashung DIY, which is not my favorite, but it's working. It's working. And someday I will have the fantastic Carly help me out because she truly is the best. Um, Every time we work together, I'm just like, I don't know how you take the word vomit that I am giving you and turn it into this beautiful brand or brand assets. Like she is so good at really getting inside the brands that she works for. I've really never seen anything like it before. It's phenomenal. And I'm just so happy and feel so lucky to work with her and have her on the podcast today. So I hope you enjoy. What do Sephora, Lululemon, Tiva, and Scrub Daddy have in common? They're all brands absolutely killing it right now on social media. Their best kept secret? Personal branding. These brands aren't acting like big corporations hiding behind logos and color palettes. They're acting like people. They're utilizing influencers, user-generated content, and their own employees to turn their brands into powerful recognition tools that build their own reputation and rapport with customers, resulting in consumer relationships that keep people coming back and choosing their brand over all the rest. Personal branding is the secret sauce your business is missing to allow you to charge higher prices, improve your reputation, and become the personal brand photographer, or insert your profession here, in your area. This is a topic that I'm breaking down every single week in my email newsletter. You don't need to be an influencer to have a social media following that knows, likes, and trusts you. Whether you're a solopreneur, a big corporation, or something in between, personal branding can work for you to help grow your business. Each week, I send out tips and tricks so you can take simple action to grow your personal brand. Interested? Head to maddiepashon.com slash growyourbrand to sign up now. That's maddiepashon.com slash growyourbrand. See you in your inbox. Carly, thank you so much for joining me today on Take It Personally. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I can't believe that you have not been on the podcast yet. I feel like that was a big fail on my part. We've talked about it, and I think it's just one of those things where it like, you know, you think that you did it and then it didn't. So yeah, 
Yeah. I do that all the time. Be like, I did text that person back. Right. Yeah. And you did it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. 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 You guys, I'm pumped for you to meet Carly. Carly is my brand designer. And I feel like that's a very fair thing to say, because if you see anything pretty from my brand, that's not a photo, although she can take photos as well. Um, like if I did not take the photo and it's pretty and designed and lovely, I did not do it. Carly did it. I think you're also (laughs) selling yourself short. You do just fine. (laughs) Well, and a lot of that is due to the resources that you've given me. Like you just, you do, I love the way that your business is set up. So let's talk about that a little bit. If you could introduce yourself and tell the people who you are and what you do. Yeah. So, well, my name is Carly and I own Hey Carl. Uh, I was actually named after my grandpa, Carl. So that's why I had never met the guy. So, I mean, it's kind of like a legacy thing, but also like not a relationship thing at the same time. But anyway, long story longer, um, I do brand design. So uh, I do brand design based off of VIP day rates. So it's a lot of the same thing of what I was doing previously, which previously, uh, if you've been around, you might've known me through CK design. Um, so I still do a lot of logos, brand focus, brand strategy, website, all of that. It's just the structure of it has changed into day rates. Instead of working on five projects in a month, I just work on one project in those book days. So it's like laser hyper-focused attention on each project. So, yeah. And it's awesome from a, from a client standpoint, because you work because of the laser focus, you accomplish things so quickly. Like we just did a VIP day last week and you got so much stuff done in literally one day. Yep. Yeah. It's nice. It is really nice. And it's nice even for me too. Cause then it's like, phew, now I don't have to figure done. out how to yeah. get in anywhere else. Like it's just, it's done. It's all done. Yeah. Yeah. So why the change to VIP days? Because as you mentioned before, you were doing, uh, you were like a very traditional designer setup, right? So why the, why the switch? Well, as uh, fellow entrepreneurs know, we're all a little batshit crazy. I decided to, you know, step into that batshit crazy and homeschool my children. So (laughs) here we are. Um, I could not for the life of me figure out I knew that it wasn't going to be sustainable to homeschool and be working on multiple projects. At least for me, some people do it wonderfully. That is not my jam. Um, So I needed to reserve days specifically for homeschooling and days where I could do my work because I also don't want to be, I don't want to, just is not the right word, but just, you know, only be doing homeschool mom as my Mm full-time job. I love what I do. I love having a job. I love having a career. I love doing all of those things. So I didn't want to let it go. So the best solution I could come up with was VIP days. So I get to do the same thing. And I also get to increase my rates because it's more on demand focused attention and it's been great. I love that so much. That's such a good example of just making it work and figuring it out, which is something that you have to do as an entrepreneur. Yes. And I think one of my, well, there's a lot of favorite parts with this new structure, but one of the things that I really enjoyed in this pivot is reminding myself that I can create my business to fit my lifestyle. Like I do not have to fit into a certain structure. Like this is what I want. How do I make my business fit this instead of the other way around? So yeah, that was a nice reminder to be like, oh yeah, I'm my own boss. I can do what I want. Yes. We, that is like literally why so many of us get into entrepreneurship and then so quickly we forget that or lose it. And we kind of just trade a boss for clients. Yeah. Yeah. And you get stuck in that, that job aspect of it. Yep. 
Definitely. Well, I love it. I think that that's amazing. I love that it works for your schedule. I think that branding has gotten a little bit sexier in recent years, like especially even just with like the rise of people liking a really curated Instagram grid and which I have feelings about, but like people love a cohesive design. We millennials love a brand, like they just love a brand. And so I can definitely see how there might be a little bit of shiny object syndrome when people are just starting businesses and like in that kind of startup mode to really want that next level branding. Cause who doesn't? How does someone know now is actually a really good time to invest in my brand? Because it is an investment to have all those pieces, to have a great website, to have the social media templates. When is actually a good time for that? I mean, that's such a layered question, but it's a great question. Um, I would say the first thing that you have to do, and this is something that I do with all of my clients, even when they have a well-structured brand, is you need, absolutely need to start with strategy first, always and forever. So before you get into all the pretty designs and hiring the copywriters and hiring the photographers, if you do not have any concept of even, it could just be like a map drawn on a napkin. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, solid, fancy, like those like trifle big map things where you can go everywhere all over the world, but you need to have some sort of map for your brand. So that stems from like, what are your goals? Where do you want to be? Why are you in this business? Who are you wanting to help? So even just starting at that very basic thing and making sure that the idea that you have is scalable and it does work and it's functional. And once you start getting in that work and once you start seeing that it is functional, and a lot of this is still going to be like, there's DIY proponents to every part of branding and being a business owner, even when you're like a really well-developed business, um, you're still going to have scrappy DIY stuff in the midst of it. But I would say before you're ready to invest, um, I don't know, whatever designer you're going to go with, let's just say thousands of dollars in something, um, make sure you know exactly what it is you're looking for and needing for, because it's not the designer's job to make that decision for you. And it's not the photographer's job to make that for you. They're going to all base that on your direction and your needs. So if you don't have that figured out, then you're not ready to invest. That's such a great point. I think I can speak as a client of yours and also as a photographer who helps brands with this, like people who are good at their jobs, people like you, like when we are sitting down to work on something, you do start with strategy. And so there is like a guidance coming from you. And I hope that my clients would say the same about me, but we can't do it for you. Like this is thought work that you really have to think about, like, why, why is your butt, why, why does your butt stay in the chair? And like, what are you doing this for? Who are you serving? That's stuff that you have to figure out. Yeah. And you can always, at least for me, and I feel like I would hope that most brand designers would do this too, but you can always hire them to do part of a brand strategy session before you even do that. So you can invest in that piece of it and maybe have, you know, like a DIY proponent afterwards be like, okay, here's what we went through. Here's what I suggest going forward. Um, You can do this yourself or you can add on a package later when you're ready. Totally. Yeah, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So one of the things that I love about the way that you design, I, first of all, I think that you are incredibly talented when it comes to really, truly designing for the brand. Like you do have a very specific design style when it comes to your brand, right? But when you're designing for a brand, you become that brand. And that's like such a cool skill set to have as a designer. So I love how you do that. 
And one of my favorite things about how you design for, for a lot of your clients, maybe not all of them is your use of color. I think right now, maybe we're, we're coming back a little bit, but more neutral color palettes and neutral brands have been very trendy. And you have always been like, not afraid of color. Can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> well, it, it strategy, it all comes from strategy. So I think um, even when you're in the DIY phase with the trendiness and the neutral, it's really easy to get sucked into that too, because it just, it looks clean. It looks nice. It's very um, Ikea. It's very everybody. Like it just fits everything. But when you do your brand strategy and when you start understanding like, what is your personality? What outfits would your brand wear? What colors would they wear? And who are they going to hang out with? Like, that's a huge differentiator. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's where a lot of that color comes from is, you know, it's like, um, I get into like stupid metaphors. What is that? Like bees and pollen and attracting the bees, making the honey, you know, all of that stuff. <laughs> But that's so true though. You want to attract the right people. Not, I mean, it's, it's easy to want to be in that space of like, well, I would, I just want to be like everything to everybody because we want to be liked and we want to be, you know, given approval. But as a brand, that's actually not the move. No, no, you want, you want to, yes, have it to be where it's your, your people, your, you know, if you think of it, even like a house, like you're hosting a party and it's a theme party. You don't want to be having a Halloween party. And then all of a sudden somebody's coming in and like, I don't know, gown ball gala gala stuff, or, you know, you just, you want it to be appropriate for the type of party that you're throwing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, if or, go ahead, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> if someone is at the stage where they are looking to really develop their visual brand and they're getting into like, okay, what colors am I going to use for yeah. my brand? What are some tips that you have for them? Like what colors should they be looking at or how should, how should they be selecting colors? Honestly, I think this is where people get the most surprised. Uh, I actually, I have one client and he brings us up every single time. He hates the color orange. And that ended up being one of his brand colors. And he was like, but it fits. It's perfect. It's what it needed. So typically when you, so this is where you get into the creative direction. And a lot of this, it's everything stems from strategy and everything stems from how you want your clients to feel and how you want your brand to be described. So if your brand were to walk into a room, how do you want people to talk about it? What kind of things do you want people to be feeling about your brand and working with you as a service or product provider, whatever, whatever type of business you have? So adjectives, and if you're like me and you need to Google what an adjective is every time, descriptive words, <laughs> how would you describe like, it's cute, it's pink, it's friendly, it's safe, it's whatever the case is. So if you create your list of adjectives, your descriptive words and how, you know, again, how you want your client to feel and then how you want your brand to be portrayed, you know, find those common threads and start going to Pinterest or Google or whatever search engines that you want to do and start putting that in. So let's say you want to have like a relaxing, you want your clients to feel relaxed and you want to have a relaxing atmosphere. So start looking for relaxing aesthetic or relaxing um, brand design, relaxed web design, relaxed whatever. So start looking for that visual inspiration. And then as you build this mood board, I always start say, start with 100, cut it down to 50, and then cut it down to 25, and then cut it down to 10 or 15 images of your most favorite things that embody everything about your brand and the experience that you want to provide. And then start looking at the theme. 
what color themes are in there. Is there a theme in there? And if there's not a theme, then maybe you're more of a fiesta or maybe you need to go back to the, the drawing board of like, you know, this image reflects the word, but perhaps I need to find an image that matches the rest of these other images, these other colors that I'm looking for. So, yeah. <laughs> how that's, do you? That's how I do the colors when I do my my client. That's how I do my research with that. And I start. Uh, it's like a um, yeah. It's like a conspiracy, which I love conspiracy. But you know, starting to find pins and all of the red lines. What all draws everything together into that center connection with everything. Do you feel like there's a, a rule when it comes to like how many colors or if there's one primary color that you should have, like, is there, are there rules around that kind of thing? I mean, yes and no. As an artist and designer, there absolutely is as a brand designer and strategist. Also, no. Um, it just, if there's purpose behind it. So I have some clients, um, the whole mompreneur, she's a coach and she has the rainbow in her brand, but it's all like, they all have fairly equal like qualities to it. But most of it is like two, you have the pink, the teal and the black, and then a little bit of the cream. Those are like the biggest. And that's what's in her logo design, but she has everything else under it. And she uses that more for social media, just very colorful, bright, fun. So like for you, Maddie, for your brand, I mean, you have your main colors, but then you have these sub colors. So for like rebrand and the confident creative, they're just branched off from that. For me, I have, I have like seven colors, but my main ones are mostly pink, blue, whatever. So yes, you do need to have a hierarchy. I do recommend having at least three to five for your main. I don't think you need anything more than that. If you feel like you need more than that, just make sure that it's strategic and mm -hmm. how you do that. So are these secondary colors that you're going to use for layering um, fonts on like maybe your main brand colors don't match as well when the text color is over the background color and you need a third, what is that? Tet tetria, tri, I should know that, but the third, the third color, third tertiary, yeah. Secondary treachery <laughs> color that it's still like a, a main focus of your brand, but it's not the, the main color. So it, it like meshes with everything. Yeah. It, makes, it makes sense. It's a strategy-based color palette. Yeah. Yeah. That's like with, with anything, it just, it, the answer is it depends, which is like kind of infuriating, but also it makes a lot of sense. Like yeah. <laughs> when I started with like my Maddie Pashong brand, it was basically blue and yellow. And there were like other elements, like we kind of had like a green, we kind of had, but we, I didn't use them like at all. And yeah. I, I, it's because I didn't need to use them. But then as the brand grew and I had rebrand and confident creative and take it personally, and like all these other offshoots, that was when you and I started working together and you like really tapped into those colors and also yeah. updated them and modernized a little bit. And like, now it makes so much sense. Cause now every piece of my business has like its own visual appeal, but it still ladders up to the main brand. Main brand. Yep. Yeah. 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 So is that how you like with a brand like mine? I mean, and I feel like so many entrepreneurs are similar where like, we're very multi-passionate. Like we, we maybe have like one thing that's kind of our main service, but then we have like a trillion other things or like projects throughout the year. <laughs> exactly. Um, so how do you 
navigate that? I'm assuming a lot of it is through color and kind of like differentiating that way. But how do you make sure that like everything looks good together, but also can kind of stand on its own? Yeah. So, um, we're just going to use your brand as an example. So with rebrand, um, your main colors for that are that green, that black, and that cream. Mm-hmm. And that green is still part of your, your main brand. And we still use the same fonts, but I kind of flipped the script on the priority of it. So it was the same brand, but like you had the same vibe, but it just, yeah. So it could stand on its own and it still fits everything else. And it could honestly potentially have part of its own brand guidelines, but it would still be very much the same. So same type of structure, same type of um, brand elements, just different colors. And um, the flip of the fonts definitely, I mean, that's the biggest thing that gave it the the new vibe. Honestly. When I tell you I gasped when yeah. I opened the page, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, I never would, this is why you hire a professional. I never would have thought of that. And yet it was right there in front of me, you know, it was the same yep. font. And you even yep. said, cause I was like, I love this so much. And you're like, it's the same font. I just flipped it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes if you need to get a new font, you totally can, but maybe pick one of the main brand fonts to carry over. So that way there's still some of that consistency and same with colors. Like, I mean, that black and that cream, I mean, I don't think that's ever going to go away in your brand in any mm-hmm. of the So that's your one consistent piece for sure. And then those brand elements, those little swooshies and hand-drawn pieces, that's something that feels very Maddie. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I have loved having the different brand elements and you guys, if you want to see what we're talking about, probably the best, um, like thing that can show you is if you go to maddiepashung.com slash rebrand, and we'll link it in the show notes too. But what, what we're talking about with the fonts is I was using certain fonts as like my header, my subheader, my paragraph font. And Carly flipped them. And so the serif font uh, with the little like thingies on it, yeah, that's what a serif that. font is. Yep. Made that the header. We yeah. made that the header. Yep. And it's beautiful. And it just like really elevates the page, but it still feels funky and fun. And then the different brand elements, like the squiggles and the blobs and stuff, we have those in like every brand color. And so that's another, um, for me, that's so great because when I'm designing things in between working with you, it's easy for me to be like, oh, this is for the podcast. So that squiggle needs to be coral. (laughs) Yes. And even, so if, if you're going to offshoot on something too, if it needs to be something completely on its own, um, just have that be an, un- like, cause you have your umbrella, so you can still have multiple brands under one umbrella. Then you might be looking at, I mean, this is getting into like the legalese things, but then you can look at your DBAs. So everything is still like, it's just, it is a completely different brand, but it's under the umbrella. So not, not everything has to be tied together. So I would say if it feels like you're fighting it, it probably needs to be a hundred percent on its own. Mm-hmm. Or, um, or you can look at evaluating your current brand and maybe see where it needs to expand in the assets, or maybe you shouldn't do it at all. (laughs) Yeah. So no, that's such a great point because I feel like everything that we've done, it's made sense to have it all connected, but I'm sure that there will come a day where it's like, chill out. Like this is, this is not, (laughs) well, even actually, I guess you haven't, um, you haven't had your hands in this part of the business as much, but white space is a really good example of that. Like it's completely separate. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Yep. But we can, we added that into your homepage. So it's like Maddie does run this, but it's like, it is, it's very own, totally different brand. Yep. 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 Totally. And that was on my end more like that was strategic too, because I want white space to be, I like where my brand is very like fun and like excitable and energetic. I don't want white space to really be that. Like I do want it to be more neutral because I want the people who are renting white space and creating in white space to kind of be the thing that, that shines. So for that brand, that made a lot of sense. Yeah. Yep. Totally. I love it. What are some of your favorite projects that you've worked on and like, why are they your favorite? Um, one project that always comes to top of mind is thistle and dot floral. Ooh, yeah, that's a great one. Loved that project. That was, um, that was like a turning point for me too, as a business owner. Cause that was Jamie, like I think that was even before I worked on, or maybe that was after you. I don't know. It was, it was right around the same time. Yeah. That was one of the first projects where um, she really trusted me to do like full creative director mode. So I helped manage the copy and I helped manage the photography and I did the design piece of it. So it was like, that was my first like full scope, huge project. And it was so much fun. I loved it. It was amazing. Do you find that you really like having that full control to be able to like kind of dictate? I would imagine that that would be awesome. Cause then instead of just being like, this is the photo I recommend to go here. You're like, no, we're creating this photo. Yes. Yes, I do. I do prefer that, but I also understand, um, you know, clients, people, you have different relationships and different trust with other people. So I respect it. Totally understand. And but yeah, when it does line up to where I get to do all of the things, it's pretty awesome. That's so yeah. cool. And it's fun too, as the brand designer, because then I can see that within, cause then I'm more than just the designer. I'm also your brand strategist. And I'm also like your art director, creative director, and just have like that really broad, um, intimate relationship with your, your brand that way too, which is nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So the last question that I'm going to ask you, I have like hopes and dreams of asking this to every guest, but I forget. So I don't do that. But (laughs) the question is, what does having a personal brand mean to you? Oh boy, this is, that's a good question. And I always kind of struggle with personal brand and business brands because they're very Mm -hmm. much, very much different at the same time. Totally. Um, I would say a personal brand is more relationship relational. And even Mm -hmm. when you get into like, even with big brands, I'm trying to think of like, um, flow progressive. Mm -hmm. So that is a very business brand, but they've made a way to also make that a very personal brand because they have a spokesperson. So it's a face to the brand. So I would say a personal brand Um, depending on, you know, if it's you as the only person, or even if you're a corporation that's looking to add a personal touch, it's just having a person that can be relatable to your audience that can go in on the jokes with you that can go in on the, you know, whatever with you and have all of the feels with you and laughs and cries and whatever. So it's definitely, I think I've probably said this too many times in here, but like an intimate relationship, not like you're like banging each other, but you know, you have like a nice, I'm I'm not editing that out just so you know. Perfect. I mean, unless you are, you know, whatever. <laughs> this podcast gets the label of explicit just for that right there. 
I love the differentiator of like relationship. It's more about the relationship with a personal brand. I think that that's really, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause you even have like state farm, they have different branches on that Geico. They have a gecko. That's their, that's their version of their personal brand. Yeah. Just be, I would just be leery for spokespeople, maybe do it as an actor, not a real person. Cause there's some shady things that can go down. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Subway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's true. We need to be cautious for yeah. sure. And I think that that is the where people get a little bit nervous about personal branding because it is such a reputation thing and that feels really scary um but yeah at the end of the day if we reframe it as like it's relationship it's person to person like that feels good well and even if as a solopreneur or as an entrepreneur if you are the face of your brand um you get to dictate and choose what you want to share so you don't have to share everything under the sun you don't need to take your skeletons out of the closet like whatever topic of conversation that lights you up outside of your business you can easily integrate that into whatever and honestly part of it is even like maybe you know a certain personality trait of yours if you are really funny and you're good at jokes like that can be part of your personal brand that's something that you can relate to with your audience that makes them feel connected to you because you make them laugh and smile Yep. Oh yeah. I completely agree with you. I think that personal brand, that's why I love to ask this question because I think personal branding in action looks so different for so many different people. It's not being an influencer and like putting your dirty, dirty laundry on Instagram. Like it is maybe for some people, I don't know if I would recommend that, but that's not what it is. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Carly, thank you so much for joining me today and talking about color theory and branding and all of those fun things. Where can everyone find you? Uh, excellent question. You can find me at Hey Carl, H E Y dash Carl. No, is it dash? I need to know this. Actually, hold the phone. I'm going to look up my domain. Is it? I hey think Carl? it is dash. I think it is. Hey dash Carl.com. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Okay. I pulled it up. It's Hey, H E Y dash Carl, C A R L.com. <laughs> Hire me for your website. <laughs> I'll remember your domain. (laughs) I love it. Awesome. Carly, thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally Podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.